Okay, now for the main message today, the sermon will be having Barnabas Grayson, and it's titled, A Castaway. From the title, looks like I'm a castaway. Last week we heard in the split sermon that uh, Noel gave from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, where the Apostle Paul said that we are running a race. And he brought out some things uh, about in that message that we uh, sometimes uh, tend to forget. And, and I, it just so happened that uh, last week I told him, uh, I said, Noel, you, you and I must be on the same uh, uh, subject, thinking on the same thing. So I showed him my outline, and I thought, well, maybe I should change it. But then, again, I decided I'd go ahead with it. So you may hear a few things that, are, uh, that you've heard uh, last week. <clears throat> but as a reminder, we know that this, uh, this race that, that we are, have entered in is not a physical race, but a spiritual race. And we see that Paul urges us to run the race so that we may obtain, to obtain the prize as it says. So in a physical race, we know that our legs and our arms and, you know, our breathing gets very labored. And nonetheless, even sometimes in a spiritual race, we also become tired, we become weary, uh, and our breath becomes short. So there's a lot of things about this race that the Apostle Paul uh, compares it to. But as a reminder, let's look again at 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 24. Verse 24, it says, Know you not that they which run in a race run all. They all run. But one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain, even though you don't know what the outcome might be, you are still to run as though you are wanting to really obtain that prize because you desire it. And every man, verse 25, and every man that strives for the mastery is temperate in all things, striving for the mastery of whatever event that is, to be the champion, uh, to be the winner, whether it's a race or maybe a, a game of football or soccer or even checkers, you know. I guess you could master that too. But you run to obtain, and they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible uh, crown. So you can picture a marathon where, you know, you have sometimes hundreds and maybe even thousands, I don't know for sure, but you line up to run. And running a marathon, of course, you know, it's a choice. If you want to enter that race, you make your decision, you make your mind up that, hey, I'm going to enter this race and I'm going to give it the best shot I can. But again, in this race, the Apostle Paul urges us to run in such a way that our sole objective is to possess, to get hold of that uh, prize. Or else, you know, why run if, if we're not going to give it our best uh, shot? So Paul says, so run that you may obtain. Now those who compete, of course, you know, they want to do the best they can to do their best against the competition. And they'll train hard and they'll practice hard and sometimes the practice is much harder than the actual event. But you try to put yourself into a situation where uh, uh, you've got to simulate the condition so that uh, you can complete the course or be familiar with it. And they exercise self-restraint and self-discipline 
you know, you eat right, you get fresh air, and and uh, you do those things, get enough rest, and, and, and so on. So they have to get themselves uh, physically fit. They got to get themselves uh, in the right mental condition condition to take on the rigors of that uh, that uh, race or uh, that competition. And so, in doing this, you sacrifice a lot of time and energy to just training for that prize. And I know sometimes a lot of us here probably have had uh, physical exercise or training or maybe some sport that we participated in uh, when in our younger days. And you've got to spend time, you've got to spend energy to do those things that's going to get you into shape. So Paul said, every man who strives for the mastery, you know, that's to win, that's to gain the prize, to, you know, get whatever it is that is going to, they're going to give to the winner, is temperate at all things. That is, he shows restraint in all things. But here is the difference that I we're going to look at that Paul wants us to see. Now, of course, they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, uh, but we an incorruptible crown. And we know that a crown is a symbol of authority. It is also an emblem of victory. And it glorifies the person who wears it. You know, in ancient Greece or, or Rome, it was, you know, a, a leaf, a crown of leaves that they, they put upon their, their head. And it did not last very long. It's, it was, it's corruptible. And so like sometimes uh, in, in our attic at the house, there are some trophies. I didn't win those trophies, but my, my kids did. I did, did have one trophy, but, you know, it's all tarnished and, and everything of that sort. So it's still there, but it's, it's corruptible. It's, it doesn't matter. Now... Striving for an incorruptible crown means that we are striving for something that is more than what we can see at the end of an event or a race. But like any race, there are parameters. There are boundaries and there are rules that, that uh, must be met, things in which we have to qualify ourselves for. So in this sermon today, we'll look at a particular word, that Paul uses in relation to this race. And that's the title of the sermon. And the word is castaway. But in verse 26, we read where Paul is saying, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, that is, you know, without aim or without purpose, so fight I uh, to contend for that, uh, for that crown. Not as one that beats the air, but... He does those training things to outlast not only himself, but to outlast the opponent. Now, through these analogies that we see, he, see here, these comparisons that are made, you know, they speak of, of things in sports. They are to apply it, however, spiritually to our life. Now, there was a point in the past where we entered this race, uh, which is life itself. You know, life is a God-given blessing, but... There are many in this life who may wonder, well, why was I born or why am I here? Uh, life is tough. But we know that even the rich and the famous who should have no complaints, they're not really often satisfied or content uh, with their position in life or with what they have. So this breath of life that we breathe today is from the same air that was given to Adam and Eve by the eternal God who created them. 
But what is it about this life that we have that makes our life so special? I've thought about this a lot of times, and it's really beyond me to really understand how it is that I am. You know, you read in the Bible about Jesus saying, I am. We just know that we are, that we, that I am. But what makes us special is because we see life, we view it through our own eyes, with our own thoughts, with our own feelings. And we are who we are 24 hours a day, except for maybe when we sleep. But then we look at ourselves, we are a miracle at work. So in each one of us is a God-given uniqueness, a crown of glory, crown of honor that every human being has in the eyes of his maker, in the eyes of God, who has made us his children. In the book of praise, which is the book of Psalms, in verse 3 of chapter 8, the psalmist, he thought about this, and he said, when I consider your heavens, when I consider thy heavens, you know, look up in the stars and all the constellations that are up there. The sun, the moon, and all those things. The work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained. What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him, that is, you know, you care for him. For you have made him a little lower than the angels, but have crowned him with glory and honor. So we see and we know that we are made in the image of God, made to bear his likeness, but more importantly, to bear his spirit of life. Nevertheless, we have ups and downs in life. We have struggles. We have sore trials. We have sorrows. We have tears. We have doubts. We have fears. We have diverse temptations that sometimes make us want to quit, that make us want to give up and maybe do something else. But we know that the Apostle James, he said, for uh, my brethren, just count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, which is, you know, pretty hard to do. But knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. So where we are, are, are urged to run with patience, the race that is set before us, and there in Hebrews, we're to do that because we are entered into a race. From the day we were born, from childhood, through um, teenage years, through young adult years, and through middle age, and through old age, we are in this race. And we know that life is one of daily ups and downs. And we are fortunate in a way that, you know, some things are, you know, like, we could be on the other end of some of the tragedies that are that are happening in our world today, that we see in our world today. And we know that each and every hour of the day, something bad is happening somewhere, and we can find ourselves blessed that we still stand on our own two feet. But we've got to be prepared. We've got to run this race. We've got to be in shape. So the life is one of daily ups and downs, and it's been that way ever since time, ever since uh, someone has... Uh, who has ever entered into life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 1, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. 
and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. This uh, word wait is onakos in, in, in Greek, which means a mass. Something, you know, large, something huge that causes something to bend or, or, or bulge because of its load. In other words, we see it spiritually as a burden or as some sort of hindrance that can slow us down to make us want to give up, make us want to quit. Now, we did not choose the situation or circumstances in which we were born into because, you know, some have had it better than others. But it's the road that we are on now, the road ahead that matters in which we are to run with patience. But when we look at this weight that loads us down, what is that weight that gets us down? Sometimes when we slow down or sometimes when we feel weak or weary, we can look at ourselves and say, well, what is it that's slowing me down? What, is, what kind of load am I carrying and can I lay it aside? What is it that we can't let go of that keeps us in a way from, you know, smooth sailing? We would all like to have smooth sailing. But this weight, this burden, this load, this mass can take us off of our focus. It can take us off the prize that we have entered this race uh, for. But it has to be laid aside. And, and you think, well, you know, Paul said, you know, laid aside. And, you know, sometimes we tell ourselves, you just put it in perspective. You know, compare it with other things and, and then count your blessings and see. But lay it, lay it aside. But, you know, like James said, count it all joy. And even laying it aside can be a, a very difficult thing to do. So we have to ask ourselves, well, how, how do we do this? What can we do? Well, we can't do it on our own. We might can probably go through a few, uh, you know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, as they say, to uh, get by. But one of the things that I think I have experienced in my life is that you've got to get down on bended knee. You've got to pray. And you've got to look. Unto Jesus verse 2. The author and finisher. Of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him. Endured the cross. That's how. We, we take that joy. Because it is something that we focus on. We see the prize. We know what's, what's pending for us. If we stick to the course and endure. He despised the shame. And is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Because he set our course. He started our race. So we consider him. You know we take Jesus Christ's life into account. Because he had hard, hardships and he endured them. And endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. You know lest you fall and give up. Verse 4, you have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Against sin. You know, so, some might say, well, Jesus was special. He was God's son. He had strength. He had wisdom. He had guidance. But lest we forget, Jesus was human. As human as we are today and at this moment in time. So consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners. When we feel like our life is kind of slowing down or we're not, we, 
or we're losing focus on, on the prize that is ahead, think about Christ who for the joy that was set ahead for him kept going, kept enduring. Because it is through Jesus that we are given the strength to endure, to overcome whatever obstacles there are in our path. And, and if you're like me, we have a lot of obstacles in, in our path. And, and they're, they're different in, in different uh, people, in different families and so on. And, you know, as I look around, I, I know there are people who have lost children, who have lost loved ones here, but they have endured, they have overcome, and they're looking to the joy that is still ahead, the prize of everlasting life. And they stayed faithful and continued trusting God. Now, sometimes the world may see us as, you know, religious nuts believing in, in you know, silly things like remembering the Sabbath day and so on. But we still run the Christian life in all things. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Verse 26, you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many no, uh, mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Sometimes we might have a tendency, well, uh, maybe we don't fit. Maybe we don't think we're foolish or maybe we think we're strong. But this is, he identifies pretty much me. And the base things of the world and things which are despised has God chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring to nothing, nothing things that are. So you know when you look ahead at the crown that is to come, when you look around at our world today, when there are so many things that are going on in our society in our politics, and we wish things would just sort of smooth over and everybody would understand and love one another, that time is yet to come, and that crown is still out there for you and I to uh, obtain, to uh, uh, set the world right, as you know that song, or set the night right or whatever, but to set things right and join Jesus Christ in that everlasting kingdom. And he, verse 29, here's the reason that he has, you know, called us. That no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So we see those four things that we are, that uh, is in us, that is being put into us because we study the word of God, we hear the word of God, we think about the word of God. He's made unto us wisdom and righteousness. That according as it is written, verse 31, he that glories, let him glory in the Lord. <clears throat> Many years ago, when I went back down to, uh, we went back down to Texas and uh, met some, uh, some of our friends there and uh, we were having a meal at a restaurant and a and, uh, friend and I, uh, we played flag football together and uh, and uh, it, we hadn't seen each other in a long time. And he said, he said, uh, you know, uh, you haven't changed a bit. <laughs> in a way, that's good. I'm, in a way, I'm still the same. But in a way, it's like maybe I've grown up a little bit or matured a little bit. And uh, it's, that's something that you want others 
to know about yourself that you have grown and matured, not only, you know, physically, but spiritually. Because sometimes people pay a little bit more attention to you because you're a little bit older. And, you know, I actually wanted, uh, in my young age, in my 20s, I said I wanted gray hair. Because it would make me look wiser. Because I see the wise people wearing, you know, uh, wear, had gray hair down there. And, and they were doing things that <clears throat> I wish I could be doing. But all in time, <laughs> now I'm going to, you know, color my hair a little bit. You know, if I, I've changed mine a little, so I've changed... But anyway, this was a long time ago. But we have to look to Jesus Christ as the author and the finisher of our faith. As the author, he's writing a book about us. He is looking at our own life. And he is going to finish our faith. Who's going to see us through uh, each day of our race. If I remember uh, Doyle's uh, uh, sermon correctly, you know, there was this... uh, this one racer who was about to give up and his father came down and helped him finish the race. You know, you've got to finish the race. Now, <clears throat> we are his workmanship, it says in Ephesians chapter 2. I have to turn there. Ephesians chapter 2 and in verse 1 it says, And you has he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins where in time past you walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air. So the course that we uh, have come off of is a course that was influenced by this power of the air. The spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. You know they don't want to run the path that we're running because it looks too hard It requires too much energy, too much time, too much devotion. Verse 3, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us, Together with Christ, by grace, you are saved. He's raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his, in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto, go, unto good works which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. But when we stop looking to him and we stop looking toward that prize or you know, giving our best to obtain it. When we stop looking to him we, have, we will have thoughts of maybe giving up. Of sort of just... Instead of laying aside the weight that so, uh, that so uh, uh, hinders us, we think about it more and more. So when we start looking at our trials, when we start looking at our situation, when we start looking too far ahead or start looking behind, when we start looking at our weaknesses, we start lollygagging 
uh, as a term that you know you sort of you're just there and not really uh, uh, practicing or, or doing what you need to do to get uh, to uh, master the event. And I meant to look up the word lollygagging. If some of you know what that means, and I might be saying something I don't know if, if that's right. <laughs> but anyway, and sometimes we become lukewarm in prayer, our personal Bible study, our being a, a gospel bearer. We start compromising. We start giving over to other ideas, doctrines, to another gospel, you know, so on and so forth. And they become obstacles that we put into our path. And we lose patience. We lose sight of the finish line. And we just sort of slow down. We quit trying. <clears throat> Mentioned earlier, you know, we heard Art mention, you know, the Sermon on the Mount uh, in which Jesus was teaching, in which he was preaching. He, uh, in, here's the reason, however, that Paul gives us that we should pay attention to and make sure that we avoid. He said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 27. But I keep under <clears throat> my body and bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means when I have preached to others. I myself should be a castaway. Now that kind of hits me a little bit more perhaps than you. Because you are listening. But I am you know preaching these things. And Paul is saying you know he, he preached the gospel. He preached the good news. Those things. That Jesus taught. He said. I've got to bring under my body. Bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means. When I have preached to others. I myself should be a castaway. And that word. Just simply means. That is be disqualified. So he disciplines his body. He disciplines his whole self. To keep it under submission. So that after he has preached to others. The good news and doctrines of Jesus Christ. And he encourages others. And warns others that he himself uh, will not be a cast, uh, cast away. So at one time or another, we all perhaps have professed our faith before others. Our faith in God and the doctrines of Jesus Christ. We've talked about uh, them to others. But Paul warns that we must continue to walk accordingly. And overcome our human nature lest we become cast away. That's what Paul is, is saying that you know he keeps under his body his his nature that wants to always go opposite. So this word castaway means uh, disqualified. Now we enter this race a little bit more formally, more officially when you know uh, we entered as baptized Christians to obtain an incorruptible crown as believers in God and followers of, of Christ and to be doers of the word. But we also want to walk in, in the spirit and in truth. But for whatever reason, for some, it just does not seem the, worth the effort anymore. For some reason or other. And sometimes our interests and our concerns are elsewhere. You know, it's just like life. They always describe life as one of ups and downs. Of peaks and valleys. So, we may sometimes feel weak when everything is going against us. I know I have. It saps our strength, and we may not feel happy, and, we, and, and the crown that, uh, that's before us just seems too far away. We're, we're just maybe uh, set on the back burner, so to speak, and, and maybe just wait until we're really in the mood. But this race, we need to realize this, has only a certain amount of time and distance to run 
in which to qualify. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10. Whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave where you go. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happens to them all. So we're told, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Put your energy into it. And in, in, in our uh, call to the Christian uh, walk, the Christian uh, race, the Christian faith, do it with your might. <clears throat> because time is up. We'll, we'll, time will end when, you know, the, and there'll be no time for any work to be done or planning or knowledge. And I like this one because sometimes it is one of those things that, verse 11, one of those things that athletes look at when they see a lot, when it looks like there's no chance for them to win, there's no chance to even finish. Because the race is not to the swift or the battle to the strong, or does food come to the wise or wealth to the brilliant or favor to the learned, but time and chance happen to them all. So our time in our life, while we have time and opportunity, we have a chance to obtain the incorruptible crown unless we disqualify ourselves and become a castaway in some way. So <clears throat> Paul is telling us that we should be aware, be aware of the possibility, even as he was, if he did not overcome, that he should become a castaway. Romans chapter 7 I know that in time, verse 18, I know that in, that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find it not. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For the good, verse 19, that I would, I do not. But the evil, which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. When I want to do good, you know, evil is right there with me. It's that human nature that when we see and know to do good, your conscience starts working against it. The other side of the conscious thoughts working against it. And it sometimes forces us into uh, a decision to make perhaps the wrong, wrong choice. Verse 22, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. So in our heart, as it was in the Apostle Paul's, we know the right way. We know the righteous way. We know the good way. Verse 23, but we see. For I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity the law of sin which is in my members. So it's always a struggle to overcome and to resist sin. And Paul is not saying <coughs> that we should cave into sin but that or obey as dictates but that we 
uh, do our best to fight against it, but not, you know, can't do it on our own. We have to look to Jesus Christ, who, help, who, who, who is there at the, as the author and finisher of our faith. The Apostle Paul knew this. He said in verse 24, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? And then he says in verse 25, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So it's a struggle in the mind and heart of thinking and doing the right thing while at the same time suppressing those sinful things, that sinful way, uh, thoughts that always seek to cause us to go off course, to uh, uh, not race. So we need Christ in our minds to see us through or we will be disqualified. Now we're familiar with the uh, term uh, betting. What it means is to make a careful and critical examination of someone or something to meet certain qualifications or be rejected. So this race that we are in can tell us a lot about ourselves and our determination to reach the finish line without being uh, disqualified. You know, earlier in, in, in the uh, arts message, we heard, you know, the word evaluation. And I know that we take this Christian life seriously. And as in First Peter 4, and sometimes there are things that we suffer along the way. Verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 16. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian... Let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. You know, if you suffer, uh, for example, that uh, because you might keep the Sabbath day and someone uh, does not like it, and, but yet if you suffer for that, don't be ashamed because you're doing the will of God and glorify God on that behalf. Verse 17, for the time has, is come that judgment must begin at the house of God, and if it first begin at us, what shall the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? If we do not obey the gospel, it can disqualify us, because we know that the gospel, or the good news, is about repentance, it's about having faith, uh, salvation, and trust in God. In verse 18, but if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? You remember how Paul described his struggle against sin, against his human nature? And remember how we also come up against things that are against us and we struggle trying to suppress our human nature? And sometimes we, with God's spirit, scarcely make it through. We, with knowing God's righteousness, scarcely make it through verse 19 wherefore let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well doing in well doing as unto a faithful creator so we will be judged by how we do in this life we are under evaluation and sometimes we uh, it, uh, we have this test <coughs> So the race is right now. In James chapter 8, uh, 1, 
Verse 18, of his own will beget he us. There's a lot in the, those few words. Of his own will beget he you and me. Beget he us with the word of truth. That we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So we've been blessed to see the truth and see why it was given. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. And take heed lest we, you know, lest we fall. For the wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. You know, that can be uh, anger, wrath can be a disqualifier. So we're not to let our, you know, our emotions get the best of us. It causes wrath. Verse 21, wherefore, lay apart all filthiness, superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. So it's not enough to just think it, but it's important to put it into action. For if any be a hearer of the word, not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass that is in a mirror. For he beholds himself, he looks at himself, and then he goes his own way. And straightway he forgets what uh, manner of man he was. When I look at myself in the mirror, it's easy to forget. Because there are certain things about my features that, you know, I'm so used to it. I'm so accepting of it. And it just, uh, I forget. How many of you remember that you got your hair combed right, you know, or your collar on right. There's a lot of things about we, what we see in ourselves that we forget. Forget how we were yesterday. I might have been crabby yesterday and then today I'm um, more crabby. So we look in this mirror which is the word of truth. God's word. He beholds himself, goes his way, straightway forgets what manner of man he is. So Verse 25, but who so looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So the word of God urges us onward to go to obtain that prize. And we do it through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that uh, we, uh, Jesus left us with. John chapter 10 it says in verse 27 my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand my father which gave them me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand I and my father are one. Earlier, uh, Art mentioned uh, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5. Uh, this, you know, this was a teaching, this was a preaching by Christ on some of the qualifiers that we, that we need to do, that we need to know in order to obtain that prize. And if you, if you look at chapter 5, uh, through chapter 7 you see that it, it, it is all in red those are the words of Christ and that's you know the longest uh, sermon don't know how long it took he 
may have elaborated on each one of those, those things, but it was a sermon. And you remember it says that blessed are they that mourn, they shall be comforted, and the meek shall inherit the earth, and that the pure in heart shall see God, and, and it says to rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven. So in elsewhere in the Bible we read about that we're not to neglect so great a salvation. First Peter 5, 4, it says, When the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fades not away. So, we, you know, we can look at love. We can see that as a qualifier. We can see that forgiveness is a qualifier. Faith is a qualifier. Walking in the spirit is a qualifier. So if we do these things, we will not be a castaway. I'm not going to go through all of the uh, scriptures that I have written there on the uh, outline. You might refer to those later. But <clears throat> verse First uh, uh, Timothy, we run to uh, obtain an incorruptible crown. Now, if verse 3, if any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he's proud, Knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words, and whereof comes envy, he strife, railing, evil surmising, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness from which from such withdraw yourself. So when these questions and strifes of words, all it does is provokes that human nature in all of us that makes us want to argue, that makes us want to uh, strive. And, you know, have surmisings of evil. Verse 6, godliness with contentment is great gain. We brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. Having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. But they that be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Drop down to verse 11. But you, O man of God, flee these things, follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. So we see here outlined these qualifiers that will help us keep from being a castaway. Verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto you are also called... And have professed a good profession before many witnesses. For I'm now ready. As Paul said. He's ready to be offered. The time of his departure is at hand. And he says I have fought a good fight. I finished my course. And I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me. A crown of righteousness. Which the Lord. The righteous judge. Shall give me at that day. And not to me only. But unto all them. Also that love his appearing. We read in Mark chapter 14 verse 38. Where Jesus said to his disciples. He said to watch and pray. Lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is ready. But the flesh is weak. So watch and pray. So that 
you will not fall into temptation. Again, I'm going to close here with this last scripture. Before I do, I just want to reference Hebrews 4 where it says that we should hold fast to our profession. And in Hebrews 10, that our faith should not waver. And to hold that fast which you have, that no man take your crown, as it says in Revelation chapter 3. 1 Corinthians 9, 24, again. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain, looking to Christ, the author and finisher of our faith, and to run with patience. And as Art quoted before, keep on the straight and the narrow. So do this, brethren, and we will not be a castaway. We will not be disqualified, but our heart will be set on obtaining that prize.